Hey guys, and welcome back to episode five of series three of the Dog Days. I'm getting good at that. I'm getting good at remember the, uh, remembering the the number of episodes we're on. Um, this episode is quite a quite an amazing episode where I just get to sit down with my best friend Ali Turpy, who lost his speech after having a stroke under six months ago. And truth be told, I never. I really didn't think we'd ever be doing this. Um, when you get told your best friend isn't going to speak again, you don't really picture the day that you're on a podcast to to speak about it and tell the tale. So it's an interput, intimate chat between Ali and I, and uh, I really hope you enjoy it. Listen out for his philosophy uh, in a sentence, which is my new favourite thing. I hope you enjoy. This is The Dog Days with Ollie Scott, Junior Eldstar and Ian McKenzie. The 10th of December, 2020. Ali Turpy, my best friend, had a stroke. And for a moment, I thought I, and I think many others that loved Ali had lost Ali for good. And I, I think I experienced for the first time what the death of losing, the feeling of, of, of death uh, was the first feeling I had straight away when I got that phone call from your girlfriend, Liv. And now we're six months nearly on from that moment. And I cannot believe you are sitting next to me and we're about to record a podcast because you had your words taken away from you. You had nothing. You couldn't say your name. And now we're six months down the line and we are about to talk with your mouth and my mouth. Probably less, hopefully less. <laughs> Ali Turpy, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Whoa! I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, every time you speak, I'm not going to do that. I'll try not to... <laughs> Fucking cheer. Mate, this is weird. I did not think we'd be doing this. Yeah. How are you feeling? Not bad. Are you excited? Yeah. Um, I am to tell my story, yeah. uh, but it's just another day for me. Wow. Well, look, I want to I wanna go back to that day because uh, we can now. I didn't want to go back to that day for a long time and think about it because it was fucking awful. Yeah. Uh, but we're ready to talk about it now. And I want to kind of, there's a reason why I brought, why we wanted to do this. The first reason was yes, to tell your story. It's a very well-documented story um, that everybody has had and felt like they've been a part of. But actually, getting straight to it, you said something to me uh, in the pub, because we are, we are somehow able to go to the pub together now, um, despite maybe some people not wanting us to. <laughs> and you said this thing to me in the pub, which... I have, I've just found has been like the best life advice I have ever heard. And we're going to come on to what that thing was. Um, but it was so impactful that I really want to focus what that means to you, that specific sentence that you said. Yeah. Uh, and I want to know, and we're going to get into that afterwards. I want to know like how other people can apply that to their lives. Yeah. Without further ado, Ali, <clears throat> it's the 9th of December. Yeah. 2020. Talk me through what happened. I was on, um, I was coming back from work 
Um, and uh, I was chatting the whole way. I said, uh, do me a favor. Uh, can you drop me at my girlfriend's after dropping me home? And I was running and doing other things on the uh, 10th of December. Right. Uh, 10K. T- uh, I was going for a 10K Turpy with Ian. Right. So just to give context around that, you ran 10K every day in lockdown for 30 days in order... 28. So, oh, oh, yeah. Sorry. In 28 days, you ran every day, 10K, 28 days to raise awareness for mental health. Yep. Um, as someone that lost their dad to suicide when you were just 16, yep. somebody that has experienced bad mental health and sadly the consequences of bad mental health, yep. you ran every day for 10K. So the month before your stroke, you were running every day for 10K. Yeah. Worth noting, yeah. it wasn't related. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if if it was or it wasn't. Okay. Um, but anyway... Um, I was just going about uh, about my business. Um, I went upstairs to my flat. He dropped me off and was waiting to drop me to Liv's. Um, And I can't describe it really. Um, I was getting my running stuff and I just felt... drunk for one second right um and uh i i was wearing glasses and they i don't know what happened that it was obviously my stroke happening but um i knocked my glasses and uh steadied myself and um, steadied myself, and I was just like, "All right, I'm fine now. Crack on!" And I just got my stuff uh, and went back downstairs. And when I was in the taxi, I couldn't speak at all. Not a dicky bird. Um, Weird thing to try and speak about in the taxi. <laughs> Sorry, uh, mate, have you got any dicky birds in it? <laughs> uh, um, anytime I said something, um, the following phrase would just come out. Uh, D- nothing. And you couldn't work out why you couldn't say any words. No, it was, uh, it was all upstairs. I wanted to say take me to Bev's house. Right. But instead what happened was I just came in um, this incumbent tone. Right. And um, I can't describe it. Anytime I wanted to say something, all that would come out is, uh... What on earth was going through? Could words go through your head at this point? Yeah, I was completely aware of it. And and so words are happening in your head and you're going, why yeah. can't I speak, why can't I speak, why can't yeah, I speak? Yeah, but I, um, I just, uh, I was like, um, that's not working. 
can I say I was literally counting down in my head? See, uh, to be like three, two, one, best house. Right. And I couldn't say it. And all that followed was, uh, fucking hell. I, you, you didn't know much about strokes before you had a stroke, right? No. So you, did it go through your head that this might be a stroke? No. What, what did you think it could have been? I don't know. I just thought, and this is me battling with it, um, my emotion. Mm. Um, oh, come on. You'll just be better in the morning. Um, and it was like... Um, Fast forward an hour and uh, Liv called the ambulance straight away. Um, and I, I, I'm having Memories. trouble. Yeah, no, no, I'm having trouble finding my words. Um, Fast forward an hour, Liv calls the ambulance, mm. and I just thought uh, they would come and get me, and I would just go to any uh, A and E. They'll give you some medication. Yeah, and just go home. Yeah, that was that, and you'll be better in the morning. Yeah, I didn't realize how um, severe it was. Yeah, um, and. I've got, um, I've got Liv to thank for that because there's only a certain time which you can be thrombolized in. Okay. Thrombolized is the blood thing, uh, thinning. blood thinning. Okay. Which means that no more clotting can happen. Yeah. Which is what a stroke is. Yeah. A stroke, from what I understand, is a blood clot making its way into the brain. Yeah. And then blocking any blood flow. One of two types. Right. I, I had that one. You had that type. And from what I understand, the, the stroke, the, the clot had landed on the, your speech center or the, the the road to the speech center. Yep. The way that we, it was described to us, and I remember Liv doing a brilliant version of articulating this to me on the phone, but like unable to process what was being said to me. But she said the best way to think about it is like the M25. I always use this example. Yeah. And the M25 is uh, on the way to your speech center. It's like a meteor had hit that and the, the blood supply had been cut off yeah. indefinitely. So yeah. the, the place that you make the words in your brain was shut off. Yeah. And you were it's unable. just completely dead now. And now it's dead. Yeah. Fucking hell. So then talk to me about you finding that out that information and how long did it take for you to accept that? Um, on, on the very same day, um, it's kind of hard to describe. I'm a very matter-of-fact uh, person. And if that, uh, if I had had a stroke, I don't put off uh dealing with it right i will just go here and now deal with it 
does that make sense? You, you deal with the, the cards you're dealt with. Yeah. And you're like, these are the cards I've got in my hands, right? Well, which one do I play? Yeah. And there wasn't a, what I'm getting from that is there wasn't a moment of unacceptance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where like... Cause Absolutely. They say that when you grieve or when you're told bad news, you go through the first period of denial. Yeah. Which is, this is this can't be real, this isn't me, this isn't who I am. Yeah. Are you saying that you never had that period? No. So you never had a panic moment where you were going, uh, this isn't me, this isn't like happening. This is a bad dream. Did you ever think this is a dream? This can't be real. <sighs> no. <laughs> really? No. I. This is what I. This is again why we're having this podcast as well because I have found your ability to deal with this almost quite weirdly amazing. Like people don't. People can't believe and understand how that there's there's taking something in your stride. And all those other cliches that one can use to describe how you've dealt, dealt with this. Yeah. And then there's whatever the fuck you've done, which is like almost spun it into a thing that you have enjoyed the challenge of. Yeah. But that's your cards. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's your cards. Um, I would have preferred not to have a stroke. <laughs> I was... Uh, God, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was smashing work. I was going to the gym um, five times a week, mm. and but it happened. Yeah, and I will deal with it. Which is fucking amazing. Like that mentality is amazing, and and there are so many people. And I want to get onto the recovery part of the conversation, but that having that attitude is the difference between the uh, the ability of your your speech now because it feels like you could have probably stopped yeah. the therapy so what happened so you you you, you found the information out you've ex somehow accepted straight away that this is the case and yeah. you had to recover but i want to make a point uh any point that i wasn't going to accept my cards uh what ha happened to me mm. is just delaying what the recovery process. Okay, so you're looking at that as a quite a uh, an efficient way of being like, this is dead time. Yeah, yeah. And there's almost something quite philosophical in that to say to people that worry about nothing. Yeah. When you ask anyone on the deathbed, they're going to say, I wish I worried more. I wish I spent more time thinking about a thing that was going to potentially happen or didn't happen. Yeah. And you're saying... Yes, don't do that because that is actually time that you're fucking wasting where you could be recovering. Yeah. What was the what was the first step of your journey to getting your words back? Um I spent five nights in uh St. Peter's and then I was uh transferred over to the Bradley unit. Oh and um yeah, <laughs> the Bradley unit. Um, I was, I got discharged from St. Peter's on a Friday. Okay. And um, I, I, I arrived too late to um, having any speech therapy lessons. And on the weekend, they're closed. I remember this. Um, and... I was just like two days and then we go to work. Right. And on that Monday, 
I said uh, I could pronounce A E I O U. Yeah. Um, and just and just like that, it through hard work mm. and dedication. Um, I'm not a hundred percent now, mm. but I'm on my way. Yeah, and it, and I can't for anybody that didn't know or had you know, wasn't speaking to you at that time. Speaking to you was terrifying because it was like I don't want to piss him off. I don't want to <laughs> remind him of what he can and can't say. I remember trying to brief because I had a call with your speech therapist, Lisa. Bless yep. her. We all got together on a Zoom call. We managed to get all of our WhatsApp group Pulo on there. Yes, our WhatsApp group is called Pulo, for anyone that doesn't know. <laughs> fucking sad, immature losers. Imagine explaining to a speech therapist that. <laughs> so, Lisa, this is uh, Pulo. Yeah, that's right, you heard me, Pulo. <laughs> um, and I remember being on that call, and just uh, everyone bombarding her with questions, people asking, like, when will he be able to drink again? And all the things, like... But it was amazing to see everybody really caring because yeah, yeah. You, you were given your phone back because that was the hardest thing. Us not being able to talk to you, yeah. us not knowing what we were allowed and weren't allowed to say to you, and then when you did have your phone, you were like FaceTime trigger happy, yeah, and you never knew. I, I just wanted to be involved. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I remember when you came into the because we we were. All... But uh, I want to make a point. I was um, that brain dead um, to not even remember my password. Wow. Uh, see my phone had a password and i writ it uh my phone um uh this isn't my password but right. i drew expenses 16 okay yeah and my password is no one's to gonna crack my phone yeah <laughs> it's expansion 16 yeah but that just shows you how the level of brain dead I was because I was a hundred percent sure it was that. You you thought expenses the expenses sixteen. So you thought the word expansion was expenses and you were certain that No, I didn't think I didn't think that. I just thought my password was expenses sixteen. Oh. Oh. So you, you didn't even you actually had that wrong in your head. Yeah. It wasn't just what you were writing down. Yeah. It's no. that you thought your password was a different word. Yeah. So that you're saying that just goes to show how muddled up yes. your words were. Muddled. Because you had moments where I remember I spoke to another stroke survivor to try and get my head around what had happened. And he said that elephant and umbrella for months yeah, afterwards, yeah. he could not you couldn't convince him that an umbrella was an elephant. Wasn't an elephant. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And that 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 just shows you how weird this thing is that happens in yeah. your brain. It shows you how complex the brain is. Yeah, and and how how does that feel when you know you're wrong but you feel you're right? Um, <laughs> um, I don't know why any different. Yeah. Because I'm right. <laughs> but but you're being told that you're wrong. Yeah, but. Uh, I have that on average about five times a week. Really? With Lisa. And I was just like, no, you're wrong. (laughs) 
and which I've been at the other end of before, and it's really horrible. <laughs> it's not a fun place to be. No, you're wrong. And she says it's this, and I'm like, oh, it is that. And that must be a weird moment. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, okay, that's in, and that's yeah. So, what has been? It brings me on to that question, which is what has been the hardest part of that recovery process? Um, every day being relentless enough to get after it. Right. You mean getting up, getting on a call. Yeah. And is it, what's what's the work? What's the hard bit of the work? Nothing, because I've learned it all before. Mm. But is that the hard bit? Is that it's monotonous and you, you, know, you know this stuff yeah um it is boring learning to speak again but if i if i just went oh fuck it um i don't i'm finished learning yeah because uh because um i'd sound just like this forever yeah and it would never get any better argue uh incrementally better Right. But not at the sharp velocity that you've yeah. returned with. Yeah. What surprised you in this process? <sighs> hmm. What surprised me? Um you're not gonna like this, but mm. nothing. Nothing surprised you? No. Nothing. No. Uh, the fact that I, I had a stroke yeah. surprised me. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, I asked you that question once before, and I think I asked a different question, which was probably a bit personal. And I said, who surprised you? And the answer that you had was Liv. Yeah, yeah. In Liv has, uh, has surprised me no end. Why? Um, because... There's love and there's real love. Right, okay. Thank um, you for that RB song. <laughs> um, she's been brilliant. Um, What's yeah. been surprising? But, um, don't take this in the wrong way. Mm. Um, because... I always known that she'd be there and um, support you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But not to the nth degree that it has. Right. She has blown me away. Yeah, I have to say as well, everybody else is in that position with Liv, because I know it's to be expected that the girlfriend looks after the boyfriend, but to the level of like it's the when you mention the nth degree. It's it's the, like another level of support yeah, yeah. where it's almost like she cares more about your recovery than you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. I mean, I, and I we know because you know she'll be like, "Is he still fucking awake?" Or you know, if yeah. you, you know, make sure he sleep. Which is all we, more than you can ask for. It's maternal. Yeah, and and encouraging for yeah. future years. Okay, what? Okay, one of the things I wanted to ask you was like is is more about other people because when we spoke. I remember people were telling you their problems quite a lot. Yeah. And you struggled a little bit to relate to the problems. Not, I used to be so good at it. Right. And if I, 
have never been good at it, then it's lost on me. Yeah. But because um uh because I was good at it and now uh, empathy is the the right word. It's just about not knowing what I want to say. Okay. So if somebody comes to you with a sad problem and they're like, my dog died, and yeah. you're like, oh, fucking know what do I say to this? Yeah. Whereas before you'd have given an alley answer, which would be like, my heart and soul is with you right now and your family and friends. <laughs> I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> and it would be bollocks. You'd be lying. You'd be typing it while No, 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 no. <laughs> I wasn't lying. No. But... Um, I just had good dialect of problem understanding. Right. Do you think there's any element of maybe not caring as much as you used to to those about those problems? Um, it's definitely a factor because I have to look after myself now. And what does that mean? Um, just being more self-aware. Right. Um... Yeah. What's changed now when it comes to... The fact that I had a stroke. Of course. But what's changed then in your relationships with other people? Um... Hmm. I just... I've always been this way inclined, even more so the fact that I had a stroke. Uh, my friends are... My friends and family mean everything to me. Yeah. I'm not going to waste time uh, um, scouting for new mates yeah. or... Um, that's not really me. Yeah. So you're saying you've got enough now. Yeah. <laughs> you've got enough now and you want to have the time with them. Yeah. That you, I think that's one thing I've learned from you as well. Because I'm feeling like this at the moment in general. Like, I, I quite want my life to shrink a little bit. Now. Yeah. And I, I think 30, which is where you are in January and where I am next April, it feels like you've had 30 years on this planet to work out people that you really enjoy spending time with. Yeah. And... Now I don't know how much time I need to give those that I don't enjoy spending time with them anymore. Yeah. And I feel that quite strongly from you, which is like, I know who I like, I know who I enjoy being with, we've got a small time on this planet, and yeah. <laughs> these are the ones Even I Even more so, um, yeah, uh, I've become much more time aware. Right, because it's it was taken away from you momentarily. Yeah. yeah. You said a thing to me in the pub, yeah. which has stuck with me, since that moment, when I asked you, you know, do you wish you could change anything or how do you feel about everything? And you said this sentence, which I've really teed up here. <laughs> and that was, it's just my journey. Yeah. Can you explain what you mean by it's just my journey? Um, yes, I can. Um, everyone has one. It's my opinion on life. Okay. Everyone has one. Um, and if I just say, if I had a stroke and I was partially disabled, mm -hmm. I, I would meet it with the same 
um, tenacity that uh, that I met the current stroke yeah. in. I would. Um, it's it's just my journey, and these are the cards you have to play. Yeah, and um, it's kind of like a bell graph. Okay. Uh, for those of you that don't know, your uh, it's kind of like <laughs> up, up up and well, God, okay, it's a bell on a graph. <laughs> yeah. So it starts bottom left and it swoops up. Uh, like an upside down U, yeah, and it goes down like an N on yeah. a graph. Um, and tr- uh, traditionally, mm-hmm. um, they uh, mark you your success rate mm-hmm. by fifty percent. Okay, and um, that's why it's on a bell graph. Okay, I see. Um, it's easy to be mediocre at something. Yes. It's hard to be great at something. Right. And um, I'm determined to hit the 99th percentile of the bell graph. Right. So down there, it's on the right side of the bell. Mm-hmm. It's... A very lonely place, right? Because not many people get there. Yeah, but I'm determined to get there. Wow, I I understand what you're saying. This uh, I understand now what that bell graph means. The, there's a sharp turn upwards in yeah. your progression where it's rainbows and bunnies and claps and like, oh my god, Ali, you can say n, you can say the, you've yeah. done a sentence. There's constant validation on the up on the when you're going up in your career or anything in life. Yeah, and it's at the other end where it goes down, right? Where there isn't claps and well done. It's oh, are you, are you just there then? Yeah, kind yeah. Of thing. And now you are, you only have yourself to contend with, where it's I I expect more of myself. Yeah, because it's my journey. I'm I'm my own worst critic. Right. I have been in work. I have been kind of in life. Yeah. Um, and I want more. Where does that come from, do you think? And is and if you were to have children now, so I'm going to ask you, where do you think that comes from? Where does your nothing is ever good enough mentality come from? Is it a gift? Is it a curse? And would you want your child to have it? <laughs> um, it's a gift harnessed in the right way. How can it be a curse? Because you don't ever feel good enough. And has that changed, do you think, recently? Uh, no. In no area of your life? No. So where are you, where are you most contented? Um, in the friends... Uh, in my friends and family's uh, situation. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what it matters to you. That's the thing that matters to you the most. Yeah. And everything around that, i.e. work, sport, all that other stuff, you yeah. have the mentality of nothing is ever good enough because 
in a way that that is when it's work and when it can be improved, you really want to throw everything at it. Yeah. And therefore, you believe the best way of getting through that is the mentality of improvement on improvement on improvement. Yeah. That doesn't work for everyone. No. But it's my way of dealing with it. It's very athlete-y. It's, it's quite a sportsman's mentality of approaching a thing. I can see how it can be good, but you can see how for someone that wants to be in a peaceful, happy yeah. life could that could pose a problem yeah. in relationships. And I think I like it's definitely telling because it's hard entrepreneurially to maintain that mentality because at what moment do you go, this has been really good, I'm enjoying this and I should be really proud of myself. Yeah. Do you have that with your recovery? Have you had a moment of, I've actually come a really long way? Um, yes and no. Because I couldn't speak five and a half months ago. Yeah. And that I take uh, pride in it. Um, but I'm nowhere near finished. <laughs> yeah. But you can sit on a podcast and talk to me and we can speak philosophically. And yeah. You you must have a part of you that goes, I'm proud of this. Yeah. I'm proud of what I've achieved. Yeah. But there's still so much more that I want to get at. Okay. It's April. It's 2022. What's changed from where we are right now? Um, I want um, no one to ever know I had a stroke. Not because I'm ashamed of it, mm. because I would tell them. But um, people to hear me and it be normal. Okay. This time in a year? Yeah. And do you think that's achievable? Yeah, I've kind of given myself a year. Okay. December tenth. So you want to say that actually next by the end by the end of the year, end yeah. of the, this year, you want it to be almost seamless. Yeah. That you've never had a stroke. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask a question which we actually Ian Pooch and I used to ask every single person that came onto the podcast. Yeah. But I think you're in a place to answer it now because you've been through quite seismic trauma. <laughs> um, you got a room full of 21 year old men and you've got a megaphone what in Dece on December the 10th 2021 <laughs> what would you say to that group of young men who are about to become proper men don't have a stroke <laughs> um, <laughs> um You've got asked me this before, and I'm shit at <laughs> saying. That's a weird thing to say on a megaphone. <laughs> right, you've all asked me this before. <laughs> I'm shit at this. Um, but no matter, I'm a big believer in fate. Okay. I said that already. Um, your cards are your cards. You're going to have good days and bad days. Where um, the size, uh, 
where the ground is made up mm-hmm. um, is by hard work. I see what you're saying here. So you're saying what will be will be, but what you can control is how hard you work. Yes. And but if you, if you, uh, I'm not saying um, you'll be a millionaire overnight without it yeah. hard work, but um, I'm saying work fucking hard. Mm. And you'll reap your rewards. By trusting in the process, knowing there are going to be bad and good days. Yeah. But you cannot just lie on your back and go, oh, I'm trusting the process. No, you're not. You're watching Simpsons lying on your ass. Yeah. Lying on your ass? That doesn't work. <laughs> Why the stroke? <laughs> Fine. Okay. I, li- I like that. The, the next question was, um, what do you think of death? I'm at peace with it. That you're going to die one day? Yeah. I'm struggling with this at the moment. Don't know why. I've been thinking about death quite a lot recently. And I've been... It's, it's It gives me butterflies. Like, bad ones. Yeah. Nervousness. Uh, I, can't, I can't come to terms with it, that it's going to happen. But the weird thing was that when your stroke happened, that was what all I could think about. I was like, we're going to die one day. Fucking hell. Just do it. And it's bad and good. Yeah, yeah. Because you go like, shall I eat the cookie? Well, yeah, you're going to die one day. And if you do that every fucking day, you're going to die a lot quicker. Yeah, yeah. Should I have the mad night out? Should I, you know... So I feel like it's a dangerous philosophy to apply to every moment of your life. Yeah, it's about balance. Yeah. I've cut, uh, I've come to terms with... Uh, uh, I've come to terms with it because of certain... Um, uh, Circumstances? Yeah. Um, uh, asked me that six months ago and I would be like whoa 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 I'm not ready yeah yeah but if you liberate it yeah and let it uh, become one of your strengths Mm. then I don't know I've got a weird question. Yeah. If I gave you the option to know that you were going to have a stroke five years before it happened, would you want to know? No. You wouldn't want to know? No. Why? Because that's interfering with my journey. (laughs) (laughs) No one should be doing that. But it's... It's very matter of fact. Um, I work hard uh, and then the stroke um, happened and I will work hard again. And see, in 10 years, we'll just be like, uh, you remember when I couldn't speak properly? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And how random is that? Yeah. You think that's what we'll be saying? Yeah. Mate, you had a stroke. Yeah. And we did a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I remember when you couldn't say anything. And I remember you, when we both were on FaceTime, and you literally couldn't say your name. Yeah. And I was like, what is it? And you went, something happened. You went, I don't know. 
And then your face went, I've just said that, but you couldn't say it again. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. the weirdest thing. And it's like, it showed you that the, the words are in there. They're going to come out at some point, yeah. but not now. It was the weirdest thing that I remember having to kind of go like, well, he can say, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So surely he can. That's because it's a different part of the brain. Oh, it, so that's the like the uh, autonomous part of the brain. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I think I remember just, uh, Lisa saying that, and I was like, "Fuck!" I, well, I, but it's important. That was it. said, "Fuck!" Yeah. <laughs> "Fuck!" Yeah. Um, notice how my swearing is on point. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's important to say that I, I might not ever. Uh, get better 100% yeah but um that's also a part of my journey okay because um what will be will be right and i just learn and adapt and make the best life i can live yeah so it's quite funny. You have a paradoxical mindset because you've got one half of you that goes, one part of you that says, nothing is good enough. I need to keep on striving for more. And then the other half or the other part of you that said, but what will be, will be. And don't worry, don't stress about it because it's going to be okay. Yeah. I have faith in that. I have faith. I have all the faith in the world that everything will be okay. And it's kind of why I think your brain is amazing. And I think that's the thing that I, I, we've tweezed out, I think, which is this, this theory of trust in the process, work hard. It's like a, yeah. it's a really uh, clear philosophy. That's, all, that's what you say to your 21-year-olds. Yeah, let me ask you a question. No, it's my podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can. <laughs> uh, I've had a stroke. Um, Fuck's sake. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. See, this is why you can't ask questions, but I'm the question <laughs> asker. You can't go, let me ask a question. I've forgotten it. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, oh, okay. When do you... When... Uh, That's twice a year. No, no, no. When have you not worked harder something and been rewarded for it? Um, when have I not worked hard at something and been rewarded for it? I, I I think it's happened before, and you don't feel satisfied with being the reward being rewarded because you feel like you cheated the system. Yeah, it's a bit like winning the lottery, isn't it? Yeah, I, like it sounds great, but I just feel like you'd be like luck. Well, you know, you, it's a lot more. You've got a lot more admiration, respect interest in people that have gone so this was the hard part of my journey and then this is what i got to in the end yeah you don't have any respect or really interest in hearing someone go yeah i just woke up and it happened overnight didn't it it's kind of why there's this i guess there's this huge patriarchal takedown of privilege where it's like well why would i you were born into that wealth and success why should i respect what you've gone through because yeah you've just inherited it and it's you're right there is look at conor mcgregor and I uh, refused to pass judgment on him. But he worked 
hard for about a year. Yeah. Uh, so it seems. Yeah. And he was uh, almost famous overnight. Yeah. But that didn't take into consideration years of training, yeah. years of getting punched, yeah. years of getting kicked. Um, yeah. And and that's the... It looks like an overnight success. Yeah. But it's not. It's underpinned by hard work trusting the process. You could say, though, because of the velocity of his success and it was so quick that it was like wildfire, he didn't know what to do with it because it came... When it came, it came quick and fast. Yeah. A quick and, and in, in plentiful spades. Yeah. So then you go... And I think that's the thing. If you have been rewarded but before you've worked hard, you don't know what to fucking do with it. Yeah. Because you haven't... There's a thing, Lance Armstrong, somebody used to say to... I mean, I know he cheated, obviously, like, should have said the same disclaimer you said about Conor McGregor. But he was a phenomenal cyclist. Yeah. And somebody said... Oh, I want to win the the yellow jacket, or whatever you as you get yeah, yeah. on the, the cycle thing. Yellow jersey. Yellow jersey. How do how do I know? You know, how will I know when I'm ready to 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 have it and to win it? And he was like, "When you stop caring about the fact that you should earn it." Yeah. And it's when you when you you you're, if you're hoping to expect it one day and we're like, I, should, "I deserve to win it," then you don't deserve to win it. Yeah. That's you're bang on. Yeah, I quite like that, and and it's. When you ask, it's a shit boring answer to give somebody when they go, oh, how did that success happen? Really, really monotonous, day-to-day, -day yeah. hard work. Yeah. <laughs> it's such an unsexy answer. Yeah. And if I said to you, but then the, the sex in the answer is the belief of yeah. the, the the journey, the fate, the it's going to happen because I'm going to work really hard. Yeah. I like that. That's the infinity loop. I'm, I'm enjoying that. Um, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I'm going to ask you a question, last one to part before we before we go our separate ways. Um, you can say one thing to everyone that's followed the Apraxia Man and 10K Terpy and donated or whatever. Yep. What would you say to those people? Uh, a big thank you. Because um, without you... I wouldn't be where I am today. Trust me, I wouldn't be. Why? Uh, because the private sessions that I had with Lita and still goes on five times a week, um, I've had close to 200 hours of speech therapy. Wow. In five months. Um, and the difference between the NHS and Lisa yeah. is uncomparable. Wow. And and without those people donating, supporting, yeah. you wouldn't have been able to pay for that because it's fucking expensive. Yeah. It's the reality. What about the the messages and the positive you know, reinforcement, is there, do you feel like that kind of spurs you on? Yeah. Um, yeah, it does. Um, just a big thank you to everyone. Okay. Um, and I don't know how I'll do it yet, but I'll repay you. 
That's very kind. Maybe not financially, because that could be quite costly. <laughs> 60 that... grand. Yeah, <laughs> 60 grand going around, being like, there's your 500 quid. Um, and the last thing I was going to ask you, it's quite a dour uh, thing to end on this, but you you experienced a little bit of hate. Well, yeah. Not hate. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Uh, not really, because haters will hate. Nice. Look at that on T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I actually have got a T-shirt. That's... <laughs> no, no. Do you know what? I borrowed a T-shirt from somebody and it said, haters gonna love this. Oh, uh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Only you would wear that. Yeah, and not think that it was really lame. <laughs> but I reckon people think it's quite cool. We're gonna get away with this. Um, well, mate, look, thank you so much. I've really, I can't tell you, and I have told you a million times how proud I, of you I am. You are genuinely an inspiration, the way that you think this revelation that you've had and how you've always been the best friend to me, you've had this, but it's almost in a weird way by losing your words, you found a way to articulate it. Yeah. Uh, and there's something quite amazing. Thanks about for that. having me. Thank you for coming. Love you lots. Love you too. Thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at the Dog Days Pod. Leave us a comment, let us know what you think, and we'll see you next week.